0: Hello, baseball fans, and welcome back to the Sully Baseball Feed. This is Paul Francis Sullivan, pal Sully, and this is the second episode of my sneak peek of Bull Durham Minute, where it is the movie by minute podcast where I break down Bull Durham one minute at a time. This is a sneak peek at episode two, where Tierney Steele, the host of The MASH Minute podcast and a regular of the Movie by Minute podcast was my guest to talk about Minute 2 of Bull Durham. So please enjoy this sneak peek at the second episode of Bull Durham Minute. And please keep a lookout on Sully Baseball on Twitter and Bull Durham Min on Twitter where I'll make announcements of where you can find the feed once it gets published and have it be on your phone so you can listen to more than just the first four episodes. So here we go, a sneak peek of episode 2 of Boulder a Minute.
1: Welcome to Boulder a Minute. This is the podcast where we break down the 1988 classic movie one minute at a time. So put your hands together for your host, our own Paul Francis Sullivan. Feel free to call him Sully.
0: Welcome back to Bull Durham Minute. This is the podcast where we talk about my favorite baseball movie of all time. That is the 1988 classic, Bull Durham. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. We're breaking down Bull Durham one minute at a time. In today's episode, we're looking at minute two, which begins with a picture of Fernando Valenzuela doing his wonderful looking up in mid pitch motion and it ends with the camera going past a bunch of photographs and you see a bed as we have the credits for Danny Gans, Tom Sarlati and Jenny Robertson. Well we are here doing the second minute, and I am pleased to tell you all that I am not going to be doing every minute solo. I am bringing in wonderful guests. You probably heard a slight laugh in the background right there. My first guest of Boulder Minute is a member of the Movie Minute podcast community, host of one of my favorite movie minutes, which has been MASH Minute, which I think I've been a guest on. Five times, maybe six times? I can't remember. It was a bunch. And she is a wonderful podcaster based in my old stomping ground of Massachusetts. And let's stop building it up. Let's welcome to the show, Tierney Steele. Welcome, Tierney.
2: I wanted to see how far you'd go before actually introducing me.
0: Well, okay. Hi. Hey Tierney.
2: I'm sorry for the laugh. I just, yeah. I'll let you explain the premise of why I'm here, but you're like, and it ends on a bed, and I'm like, I've picked up one thing hanging around Boulder a minute so far.
0: <laughs> well, here we go. well, uh I'm bringing you aboard now i was I was going to ask you to come onto the show anyway because okay. I love Mash Minute. I love you and Megan Coleman what you do breaking down. This is breaking down the Robert Altman nineteen seventy film for all of its let's just say some of its scenes that didn't age particularly well. In, in
2: all of its problematic glory.
0: But it's still a film I grew up with and have warm memories of. And we've been able to be part of it and laugh and, and challenge each other. And in fact, you, I've opened up your eyes of Gary Berghoff's performance in the movie as opposed to the TV show, so I take great pride in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I mentioned in minute one, for everyone who heard minute one, the origin of this podcast and why I picked this movie and I was writing down the people I want to have on the show. And of course I want to have you on the show cause I've been on your show and I want to have people understand this format. And I figured here's Tierney. She loves movies from the eighties. You're a big baseball fan and you love comedies. And I, I would assume part of you loves romance, at least in movies, at least to a degree. Obviously, there's a Venn diagram of the type of movie that you would love, and that would be Bull Durham. And so very enthusiastically, I wrote to you, hey, why don't you come aboard while I'm doing Bull Durham Minute, And Tierney Steele, how did you respond to my invitation?
2: I'd love to. I've never seen the movie. (laughs) This will be a great excuse to finally watch Bull Durham.
0: (laughs) I... I was absolutely stunned that you had never I seen I heard
2: it. you faint from across the country.
0: I know. I mean, now, to be fair, there's always films like that. There's always a film that, that you look up and you go like, oh, do you want, I've never gotten around to seeing that. I've never, and, and sometimes I have to remind myself some of those movies where you're like, you've heard it, and you've seen so many clips of it, you have to stop and say, wait a minute, have I actually ever seen that movie? Or have I just seen so many clips that I feel like I've seen that movie? And apparently, Bull Durham, you haven't seen it. Now, I want everyone to understand the experiment, the social experiment. If I had the time and the inclination and you and I had enough free time, I would have you watch this minute by minute with me. And every episode, you would see it a minute at a time. And we would discuss what you've just seen. But I am not that sick and twisted an individual. And also... (laughs) I know enough people who have seen the goddamn movie that I can have an interesting conversation with them about it. But I wanted to have you come aboard on the show. And like I did with MASH, you had me on early on the show and then you brought Mm -hmm. me in later. So I'm having you right up front. You ain't ever seen this movie and you're going to watch this movie. And then while the credits are rolling at the end, when no one knows what to do in a movie by minute podcast during the end credits, God damn it, I'm bringing you back to get your thoughts.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> and that's a promise and, uh, because I so love MASH Minute that I figured this is my way to repay you for, for that wonderful joy. But to be fair, to let everyone know, I've sent Tierney the first three minutes. So you've yeah. seen the first three minutes with no context. Other than that's those are the first three minutes of
2: the movie. Yes, so we I knew over- Bull Durham existed. Yes, okay. I had heard it. It's always on like best baseball movies lists. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I didn't see Field of Dreams until five years ago or something like that. Yeah. So it it was on at a party in college. I was aware that Field of Dreams existed. Yeah, you're not. It took dead. me until you I understand. was in my yeah. yeah, yeah. It took me until I was in my late twenties to actually watch the movie. And so, yeah, Bill Durham. It, and I think I, I'm i bringing that up because I think it's the same problem. I was too young to watch this when it came out. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't cross my path because I didn't get into baseball. I mean, when I got into baseball, it was here's a league of their own. Right. And we'll just watch this ad nauseum for the rest of our lives. And so I didn't get to a lot of these classic baseball movies until way later when I started going to Cooperstown every year
0: yeah and and by the way that's the level of baseball fa- fan that Tierney is that she's uh frequently goes to Cooperstown and 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 sees the ceremony I've only been to Cooperstown once in my life so in, yeah. in that aspect, I don't go for
2: the ceremony I'm not that crazy and also right. they don't let you stay at the hotel we like because players stay there so right they can pay more than we do
0: <laughs> I had a similar thing that you've had with Feel the dreams I had with the original bad news bears with Walter mm. Maow that I was too young when that film came out. I was four when that film came out and
1: that's too young.
0: Then I saw one of the sequels, I think it was Breaking training, whichever the one that was in. The Astro. you in episode four, I Dan Epstein on the show, and we talk a little bit about Bad News Bears. That's his favorite yeah. baseball movie of all time. But I realized that I hadn't seen that until mm-hmm. much less. because I realized well, actually I've never. You kind of have to stop and say, "Remember that scene?" Actually, I've never sat down and watched it, and so I finally did, and I, I was very impressed by the movie when I finally saw it. But I guess that's what Field of Dreams was to you, and what Bull Durham will be. <laughs> to you. Of course I'm building this up. You could hate this movie for all I know. Let's dive into it. So the first All right. So you
2: movie, already talked about minute 1. You already yes, talked about the Ryan fact that this and, looks like it's Ken Burns baseball for the first like
0: mm-hmm.
2: 60 and, plus seconds.
0: But remember this film came out before Ken Burns baseball. So some of the images that we have in the film that may be slightly clichéd were not as clichéd in 1988 you know so you somebody, heard it
2: here first folks Sully says Ken Burns ripped off Bull Durham
0: yes yes I am let's put I'm, that out
2: onto the internet <laughs> that won't get I, you in any trouble at all
0: yeah that's pretty much uh, I'm doomed I'm absolutely doomed we see the opening image we see of minute two oh they well, you start with the the shot of the, in minute one, we went through the shot of the the kids playing street ball. We saw the Pete Rose sliding. We see the the catch being made in the Polo Grounds, and then we we go to Fernando, the great Fernando Valenzuela, and that leads us into this minute. And now I'm just curious: Are you aware of what some of these pictures are that we see? I mean, beyond just that they're classic baseball pictures. I mean, do, do you? you know what some of the significance of some of these pictures are?
2: A, a few of them? I mean, I recognize a bunch of them. Like mm-hmm. I said, they're classic pictures that yeah. have come up before. At first, I was like, maybe they're all New York pictures. Maybe this is a New York movie. And then I was like, nope, nope, that's not. Yeah. My first possible theory for the movie was dashed within <laughs> the first few seconds of it but I didn't like when it zooms out and you see that there's a whole wall of baseball photos, yeah. I was still a little like, I don't know. And also guys, as we move into this room, this is the most eighties set that has ever eighties. <laughs> I mean, my God. I mean, it looks nice. It's just, it is very of a time. Now, <laughs> and one, now, I know now nothing,
0: Susan, about, oh, I know nothing about interior decoration. What, what about this screen eighties to you?
2: multiple patterned wallpapers in the like pastel colors I think it's more in the next minute where you see more of a furniture and I was just like wow and the and the lamp that's like shooting the light up onto the I don't even understand what it is there's tchotchkes on a table it just there's a definite Laura Ashley-ish vibe going on.
0: Wow. I would and then to
2: also you. Susan Sarandon starts talking in an accent that I'm just like, what is this film?
0: <laughs> so just go, let me go over some of the pictures here. And the, the first picture of Minute Two is of Fernando Valenzuela, who was one of the biggest stars of the 1980s. And at this time, when this film came out, was still a picture for the Dodgers. So this was a... They had, a, okay. they had a picture of Pete Rose earlier, but this was a, a current player who was a star at this time. So there was a little bit of, when you're seeing these pictures, it's one of the things that I've said on Lockdown MLB and on Sully Baseball Podcast, that the romance of baseball is that it's the past, present and future all happening simultaneously. So they have these pictures of classic baseball, but then they had a contemporary. So it's who, wh- whoever is compiling these pictures has a love for the current game as well, the current, you know, stamping in 1988. We see the the next image, which we see Tim Robbins's credit. And that's a famous moment in, I believe it was the 52 or maybe in the, the 55 World Series, when Jackie Robinson stole home and Yogi Berra, oh, till his sh- dying day, believed he tagged him out. And there's a famous, after this moment, Yogi Berra gets in the Screaming match with the umpire, and you know, when they interview Yo- Yogi later in his life, he's saying, Oh, I got him, that was a terrible call. Um, and- yeah, but it
2: led us to a really good song, yes. really catchy. <laughs>
0: yes, the next picture, which is of a St. Louis Browns pinch hitter Eddie Goodell, the shortest man to ever play in a major league game, who was hired by the eccentric owner Bill Vec for a publicity stunt. that He came, he was basically a dwarf, and he came up. And he had to present his contract to the umpire to show that he actually was a major league player. And he walked on four pitches because his strike zone was like one inch. And the pitcher was laughing like hell as he was pitching. And it was his only game he ever appeared in and he got the publicity. So that's Eddie Goodell.
2: I I don't mean to be totally biased, but I've read uh, Vex's autobiography and he maintains that all his publicity stunts were rooted in true love of baseball, not... A love of money.
0: Oh, I, I adore Bill Vec. I would watch. He I loved would,
2: the idea of Eddie Goodell up yeah, there getting pitched too. He this he is, always claimed not, nothing was a stunt. This
0: <laughs> is this is why I have Tierney on. I I said Eddie Goodell for you all, not for Tierney. Um, <laughs> I got to. I'll, I'll rewind something to 1988. However, when I saw this film for the first time, you in the previous minute you saw the credits for the production company and then. Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon's uh, title cards came up and they were both big stars at the time. Costner had just done The Untouchables and the year before Sarandon was in The Witches of Eastwick and she was already an Oscar nominee and was a well-known actress. I remember in 1988, when this credit popped up for Tim Robbins, I remember thinking, why the hell is his name above the title? Hmm. Because I had never heard of Tim Robbins before and his name on the poster is not above the title it says Costner and Sarandon. And then when they have all the credits on the bottom, it says Bull Durham and then Tim Robbins and the other cast members. So I thought it was interesting. Went, Why is this guy I've never heard of? He's getting billing above the title? Really? Now, little did I know that he would wind up becoming a very big star. And
2: Yeah, that's a real Roman holiday situation. He's yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so then we, we cut to the title. Bull Durham is over the Nat Fiend picture of Babe Ruth Day in 1948. And almost all, it's a famous photograph because all the photographers were trying to get a shot in front of Babe. This was his last, I believe this was his last public appearance, he died later that year. And, and that theme, uh walked behind and got this image of him looking out onto Yankee Stadium. And this became the most famous picture of him. And it's a beautiful image and that's where the title is on which dissolves to a women's baseball team from the 1920s. And then we zoom back to reveal that these photographs we see are on a wall. That includes right below that a famous picture of Mickey Cochran, former Hall of Fame catcher for the A's and the Tigers, leaping in the air to tag a player out. And it's a famous action photo from the 1930s.
2: Not to wrong sport you, but it's very Bobby Orr.
0: It is very Bobby Orr, yeah, that's true. That is true. You do see that light, you see the candles. We hear Susan Sarandon's voice about the Church of Baseball.
2: Talking about various religions. (laughs) Yep,
0: and the the number of stitches in a baseball coinciding with the number of rosaries in it, the beads in a Catholic rosary, which Mm -hmm. made her say she gave Jesus a chance. And, but, and as she's talking about the Lord passing too much judgment, the camera goes over to a bed. And I wonder if that is an accident that as she's talking about the guilt that Christianity places on you, that you see a bed. Tell me your thoughts, because I have, I have a thousand thoughts about the opening title sequence of Bulba.
2: Okay, so just the opening title sequence before she starts talking.
0: Well, yeah, it um, just, and, and the and the introduction, after the title, you start hearing Sarandon's voice and you start to hear her give what is, let's just say, an unconventional opening <laughs> to a sports movie.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to ask, did you realize that in your sports podcast, you are going to have to explain your religious standing right at the top so that people understand? <laughs> understand when you talk about things. No, I love the sentiment. I had to watch the minute a few times to kind of get past trying to figure it out, if that makes sense. Like the first time you see something with no context. And again, Susan Sarandon starts talking in this god awful accent. I'm sorry. I know like I'm going to watch a whole movie of her talking like this, I assume, but just not a fan. but, But I like what she's saying. So it was a little a little disconnected in my mind yeah and I just I thought it was really funny not to get like too personal on me but I actually converted and I had a whole questioning religion phase and studied a bunch of different things and so hearing her like I tried all these different things but always came back to baseball I'm like this is my girl I like this (laughs) this is great
0: (laughs) well yeah and I'm not gonna get too much into my own religion thing i mean i was a i was a believer for a long time and i i'm not anymore i am uh, a skeptic and an atheist and i don't that's just my stance i'm not ashamed or proud of it i think that it's just it's just an answer to a question do you accept this claim if the answer is no then congratulations you're an atheist but i and i I didn't say
2: that to put you on the spot no no
0: it's it's my podcast i can do whatever whatever the hell i I want sports movies (laughs) But I have you said you don't
2: have to like explain in the sandlot <laughs> where you stand on Christianity. <laughs>
0: but but I have said in the past that a lot of the things that religion holds for people in their lives, I have filled with my love of baseball, which is a sense of community, a sense of connection to the past and the and the present, that sense of seeing something uh will live on beyond them, uh, a sense of right and wrong, the positivity that comes out from religion can be replaced by that. And again, uh, this, is, this is not going to be a theological podcast. I do understand what she talks about in this opening monologue. And I, I've been there. And I also love that there's a sense that baseball is not just for one mindset. It's not conservative. It's not liberal. Fidel Castro and George W. Bush are both huge baseball fans. I mean, there's there's different elements that it can bring us together and that's a beautiful thing and uh, whatever whatever anyone believes or feels or or has spirituality you know is up to them as long as it doesn't hurt anyone I'm I'm fine with it but I do as long as you're
2: not Kali Ma and Temple of Doom
0: right well that's have that that hurts people and it rips the dude's yeah. heart out you know and so then yeah. I have issues with that um, just drown
2: a line in the sand for you
0: <laughs> but there's a there is a theme this is one of the few things that I will spoil that there is a there's a running theme in this film about not judging people, and I love that about this film and, the, and they make a, they make a hint of it in the opening monologue of there's too much judgment uh, and i you know I think that that's one of the things that from the beginning you're seeing a very di- it's a very different baseball, very different sports movie that you're you're looking at these images that are well-known images and you're forced to look at them slightly differently with different music. It's not, you know, a rah-rah sort of super fast uh, sports music being played. It's not Rocky. Uh, you're hearing a woman- It's not
2: take me out to the ball game and that scratchy wax cylinder thing.
0: <laughs> and, and it's not, and it's a woman's voice talking, yes. about, talking about her love of sports and I think that right from the beginning, we're saying, we're, you're going to watch this. This is a different point of view, literally and figuratively, that you're going to have. And we're going to force you to look at images and look at baseball in a way that you haven't before, right from the beginning. And some of it's going to be familiar, some of it's not going to be familiar. And we're about to go down an interesting path in this film. It's one of the things that I I... I personally love about the opening.
2: Well, so, I just love that this is a movie that has been on every best baseball movies list I've ever seen, I think. No. If, if it was omitted, there was, like, a whole article on why, I guess. And it starts with a girl. Yeah. Like, not to belittle her character, I guess it starts with a woman. But whatever. Like, starts with a female voice talking about baseball. And that yeah. is... Very unusual. <laughs> it was
0: un- it's unusual now. Imagine how unusual it was in 1988. Mm-hmm. You know, this was just a couple of, you know, one of the things, like, from the beginning, we're hearing uh, uh, a woman's voice in a sports movie, which almost always a woman's voice in a sports movie is, but if you play the game, you'll get hurt. Really think about it. You know, I mean... Adrian, nah, nah.
2: sometimes it's Karen Allen as a mom telling you to have fun, get dirty get into trouble. Not too much, but some.
0: <laughs> yeah, but a lot of times I mean even Adrian yeah. devolved into that or or Eric oh, okay. Little Eric Little's sister in Chariots of Fire's I'm I'm worried for you, Eric. Eric, you're running too much and you're not playing enough, Eric, you know. Boy, I I got specific in that one. But I mean, <laughs> or Amy Adams in The Fighter. You know, it's like, oh,
2: yeah. oh you get punched again. I'm, I'm sensing a trend in your podcast. It's good that we're getting this settled in minute two. Um, yeah. I have not seen The Fighter, but it gave us the beautiful send up of that character on SNL Weekend Update. So that's yeah. the only good to come out of that as far as that's, I can tell.
0: The, the Fighter, look, The Fighter was what it was. The best thing about the fighter, this is not fighter minute, and I have no intention of doing fighter minute, but the best thing about the fighter is Christian Bale actually nailing a Massachusetts voice because
2: Ooh. Y-
0: you and I, we, we've talked about this. Didn't we, didn't we talk yeah. about this? Yeah. That one of the things I love is that Elliot Gould and MASH made no attempt to do a Boston voice because if yeah. you can't do it, don't do it. And there's few things that are, you and I are native New Englanders. There's few things mm-hmm. that I think we think are more fingernails on a chalkboard more than someone trying to do a New England voice and mm-hmm. just basically being Mayor Quimby. And it was- and I
2: wouldn't even mind if they did Mayor Quimby, but they're just saying words that no one has ever said that way. <laughs>
0: yeah and that's not you know, how people talk it's not how people talk. And like you and i listen to our voices we're native new englanders now we sound like we're from the northeast no one would think that oh there's two people from mississippi but we're also not going you know that's a baldara man it's a really it's a it's a fabulous film and uh how far does it go with this with susan sarandon it's an, you know yeah i want i want some scrod and some chowder you know there's there's it's all no. right,
2: but you let slip. So this is North Carolina.
0: Perhaps. <laughs> but Christian Bale Christian Bale does do the the New England voice well, and so uh, Good he does save. it really well. So uh, I'm i I think that that's that works in the film. I just you know. All
2: right, now I know two things about Bull Durham. <laughs> Okay, we,
0: okay. What have I what if I let slip? What are the two things you know about Bull Durham, other than the fact that he it has to do. It?
2: It's apparently in North Carolina because okay. you referenced that, and according keep, to Jen Duderic, little... that yes, it's a baseball movie that's really about sex. Which, given the three minutes that I've watched, holds. Yeah,
0: that's, that's, we're not doing the end of the Sixth Sense here. I mean, that's pretty much the opening monologue is about spirituality, baseball, and and fucking. Have fun yeah,
2: with that. Fun. Oh, that's a choice you can make. But yeah, no, I thought it was funny that you were like, oh, the message of the movie is about no judgment. And I'm like, I think next minute we're going to get a smidge of judgment.
1: All right, fine.
0: fine. Maybe, <laughs> you see, I'm thinking, because also keep in mind, I've rewatched this film from beginning to end four or five times before I started recording these. So I could pick up on stuff right away. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about stuff that happens many more minutes after minute two so how do you like it how do you like it two minutes into it how do you how are you liking you've watched two minutes of film
2: uh two minutes into it I, and i'm trying to remember when i first watched them i was cautiously optimistic because like oh. i said i really enjoyed that this, this is a baseball film that's reminded me of ken burns baseball that's very traditional but a, a woman is talking about her spirituality being the sport so I was okay. like, "All right, I'm in on that." Little weirded out by like not really understanding the set dressing, not really understanding what's going on <laughs> with Susan Sarandon's voice, but cautiously optimistic.
0: <laughs> All, right. All right, well here we go. Well, as we're cannonballing into what will be 108 episodes of discussing Bull Durham. By the way, that's I mentioned yesterday. That's uh, another reason why I picked this is because 108 minutes. Pretty concise, gets to the point. Uh, I don't know how the folks at Lord of the Rings Minute do it. You know that there's two <sighs> They're hours coming in. up
2: on five hundred. They'll oh, be past five hundred by the time this airs.
0: And okay. I used to do, I used to do three hundred sixty-five baseball podcasts a year. Whatever anyone's into, that's fine. So, all right, well, that's all we got for all I got for minute two. I'm, I'm dying to hear your thoughts on minute three, but we're gonna save our powder for the next episode here. Uh, Tierney Steele. This is going to drop in early January. Are we still having MASH Min at that point? Or are we all wrapped up by then?
2: The movie is wrapped up. Oh, we wow. actually, uh, I'm recording this right after we finished recording our last episode. Wow. And we are one that doesn't have closing credits, really. So we had guests right to the last minute. Cause I'm like, the movie's still going. This is still a valid scene to have a guest on to talk about. Uh, That will have wrapped up in mid-December and Megan and I are going to be doing kind of special event drops as we get access to the movies that kept coming up over and over again. So the first one is going to be the long goodbye that we're going to watch and discuss at some point. And we have a few others. Uh, She has asked for a copy of Spies for Christmas, which is a surprisingly difficult to find movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So far, our options on eBay are a VHS mm. of the movie or a DVD in Italian. <laughs> so we're uh, we're still working on that. So I don't know how frequently they're going to come out, but the MASH Minute feed is still going.
0: Well, and, and if you're a fan of that film, the Robert Altman movie, please listen because it's a great podcast where you can also... You're finding and seeing details that I never knew and, and getting to know characters that even though I'd seen that movie many, many times, I got to do a lot better. And I, and I got to understand uh, Leslie and Radar's connection that they actually run the camp. Uh, so that's love uh, it. And where can people find you?
2: Uh, so MASH is at mashminute.com and I am at onesteelsister.com O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R and it's funny that you we were talking about movies that you feel like you've seen but turns out you actually didn't because I have a Patreon feed for One Steel Sister yeah. and one of the things I do is a monthly movie night
1: mm-hmm. and
2: the first four I want to say and most of them are movies that I've totally told people I saw and I was lying, it turns out. <laughs> it's like, oh, I haven't seen Thelma and Louise. I just know what happens because everyone who is alive in America knows what happens <laughs> in Thelma and Louise. I've but I never, haven't actually seen the movie. Yeah,
0: I've never seen um, 16 Candles. Um, But I, I didn't grow up loving John Hughes films. I don't think there's mm-hmm. a single John Hughes film that meant anything to me. So and then I'm hearing some of the things that are problematic about Sixteen Candles. And I said, you know what? There's a lot of other movies that are on my to-do list to watch. And so I they may eventually when they lower my body into the ground in a box and I become one with a loam, my tombstone may read, Here lies Sully, he never saw Sixteen Candles.
2: Someday I'll tell you the story of how my sixteenth birthday actually was forgotten. And we can just relive 16 candles for you all right, all and that right. way you won't have to watch it because i did not have friends with racially insensitive names so yeah, there yeah, you go
0: exactly <laughs> for the woman who did the mash minute podcast where we talk about fred williamson's character
2: we did dr jones
0: right. <laughs> i've christened okay. him all right well hey uh tierney thanks for being my first guest Woo! on the mash minute i'm gonna oh, gosh. <laughs> this is not Mash Minute. yeah right I'm there <Minute>. First guest of Bull Durham Minute. Uh, I am Mm going to bring you back for the next episode. which will be episode three. And we should have fun doing that. And then we will talk a little bit later in the podcast to get your thoughts on the whole movie. But on our next episode, we are going to be talking about minute three. Uh, I'm still doing Locked On MLB throughout the offseason. We're still dropping new episodes of Real Crime Profile through the Wondery Network as well. So I'm all over the podcasting universe. And we have some really great guests coming up after Tierney, including Dan Epstein and, and Liz Rocher and Jen Dederick are coming up or some of my early guests we have on Bull Durham. So come in next time where we'll discuss Minute 3 of Bull Durham here on Bull Durham Minute.
1: This has been Bull Durham Minute a Sully Baseball podcast produced through Boy in the Dream Productions. Cover art by Christopher J. Nessie. Music by Rob Paravonian. This show is available wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bull Durham Men. On Instagram at Bull Durham Minute. Follow Sully on Twitter at Sully Baseball. And catch his other podcast, Locked on MLB. And catch other Movie by Minute podcasts, by visiting moviesbyminute.com. I am your announcer, Allison Whitley. Catch you at the next episode of Full Durham Minute.